RP3 is ready to step his game up and pick up the mic for this edition of the Rep Game Podcast. Here is Raymond Parts III, a.k.a. RP3. Where do the Saints go from here? A lot of question marks surrounding one of the best teams in the National Football League. That's good what we're going to talk about on this edition of the Rap Game Podcast. Where do they go from here? Lots of questions. Drew Brees, let's be honest, he's going to be coming back. He's going to be coming back. It's probably going to cost the Saints 33 to $34 million, but he'll be back. But there's still other unknowns about this team. Can they bring back some of their top free agents like Von Bell, A.J. Klein, others? What are they going to do with Alvin Kamara's situation? There's been rumors of a holdout coming for training camp. Will they get a new deal done with him? Will they ever get any wide receiver help on this team? They've been patiently waiting. They got the best wide receiver in the game. The guy who was just named Offensive Player of the Year in the league. Yet they have no other wide receiver stepping up to help him. We'll try to tackle those questions and so much more on this edition of the Rap Game Podcast with one of the best in the business. He covers the New Orleans Saints for Big Easy Magazine. Been a regular guest on my show, RP3 and Company. It's our boy, the one and only Barry Hurstis. Barry, good morning to you, brother. How you doing? Good morning to you, Ray. It's, uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be on your podcast, finally. My first ever appearance. And uh, uh, as you noted, I uh, come on pretty much every Monday, especially during a regular season, uh, to give the... The, the, the very uh, initial or very fresh reaction to the previous day's game for your show every week, and uh, it's just been phenomenal. Uh, we have I, it's something I look forward to. We have a lot of fun with it. Uh, there's time to be serious, and I'm sure we'll be serious here on the podcast. But uh, oh no no no, know, I like no. that. We're I we're like we're, to we're gonna have fun, too, Barry. So. We're gonna have fun. Don't oh, you yeah. worry. Don't you worry. <laughs> we're gonna have fun today. Look, let's start off. You and I both agree on this. Drew Brees is going to be coming back for another yeah. season for the New Orleans Saints. It's going to cost them roughly probably around 33 to $34 million. Now, that said, Teddy Bridgewater is also going to be an unrestricted free agent. Taysom Hill, who's more of a tight end slash wide receiver, a bigger version of Julian Edelman, in my opinion, is also going to be a restricted free agent. So, with Brees going to be returning – and Teddy Bridgewater likely going to be hitting free agency and getting a bigger deal elsewhere. Do you think the Saints are going to bring another backup starter, another former starter, as the new backup quarterback? What springs to mind for me? Marcus Mariota, a guy that could get a new lease on life with the Saints, with an offensive-minded coach like Sean Payton. What do you think the Saints are going to do there when it comes to the backup quarterback, Barry? Uh, Well, interesting scenarios here. Because there's a few options. Option A, obviously, would be to re-sign Teddy, to bring Teddy back. But in order to do that, you've got to offer him a boatload of money. Uh, I believe it would be $25, uh, $26 million. It's right up in there in the mid-20s. Just to tag him, just to put the franchise tag on it. And why would you franchise tag a guy for $25 million that's rounded off for one year? If you can't even, you know, guarantee that you're going to make him the starter the following year, what would be the point of franchise and tagging him? So, if you're the Saints, the only way you franchise tag Teddy 
is it Breeze tells you, look, this is my last year. This will be my final season come hell or high water. This will be my final season. Then I could see them possibly doing it that way because, you know, now obviously that would be an ungodly amount of money they'd have to invest because you'd be paying Breeze, what, his 30-something. You'd be paying Teddy his 20. So I, I'm not even sure how they would pull it off. But granted, just make it, just make it known that if, if this is going to be the last year, that the possibility that Bridgewater comes back is not off the table. I want to emphasize that. That said, I believe Bridgewater is going to go for the biggest payday. He'd be a fool not to. Uh, I, you know, I, you know, like I said, unless the Saints give him that assurance that he he is indeed the guy of the future once Bree is gone, and there's no reason for him to stay here. So, I, I, personally, the way the Saints have treated this whole situation, and I, now again, I, I want to emphasize, I want to stress, I want to emphasize this with Sean Payton. You never know what this man is thinking. He'll 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 purposely put something out there to make you think one way, and then and then bam! Before you know it, he's all, he done pulled the thing over your eyes and changed up the whole scenario. So I want to stress that Sean Payton's love or his his alleged um, infatuation with Taysom Hill isn't might not be what it's all cracked up to be. Look, Taysom and and, and while we're on this topic. Let's put it out there. Taysom's coming back. He's going to be the second-string guy. Uh, he's a restricted free agent. I think he'll get the offer to come back, and then maybe then maybe they negotiate something long-term. That's how you're going to know how serious they are about Taysom Hill, because it, it, you know if they're just tendering, that that that's a, that speaks volumes to me. Now if they offered a guy a four or five-year deal and just give him a whole new contract. Then you got to think to yourself, wow, they were really serious about this. Now, that said, as you know from reading my articles, I'm one of the biggest critics of Taysom Hill's passing ability. He's a phenomenal athlete. As a runner, as a receiver, as you mentioned uh, uh, many times on your show, he's almost like a tight end. He can be a receiver. You know, he's just, he's just this jack of all trades. He can play pretty much. He could probably be an edge pass rusher on defense if he wanted. He's just a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. He's so gifted and so talented. That said, being a quarterback in the NFL, you you can't just you know you can't just snap the ball and hand it to the running back or drop back the pass and expect to have big plays happen every time. There, there, there's more to being an NFL quarterback, especially. A guy along the lines of Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, guys like that, uh, you know, you you just don't develop the skills overnight. You just don't. And you know, I, I, we can argue this until the cows come home. But brother, I've seen the tape on on Hill. Okay, I've seen I've seen what he's done at BYU. Yeah, he was hurt. Yeah, he was out. But you're not going to watch that film when he was back there, and you know the. The great quarterbacks always separate themselves. You can see it when they're in high school, when they're in high school, even, you know, you can just tell, you can just tell a guy, I, I guarantee, you know, I guarantee you when Joe Burrow was in high school in Ohio, 
he stood out above the rest. Now, why he couldn't stand out above Haskins and, and J.T. Barrett, that's another story for another time. <laughs> but, you know, maybe maybe, maybe, uh, maybe um, Urban Meyer was looking at something else. But I'm using that as an analogy for what the Saints see with Taysom Hill. I don't think Sean sees that type of a, a, a quarterback, uh, an elite quarterback, and Taysom Hill that he sees in Drew Brees, that he sees in Aaron Rodgers, that he sees in uh, a Tom Brady, that he sees in, you know, um, uh, any other great quarterback you could throw out there. I, I just think he's enamored with the athleticism and the possibilities that putting Hill potentially as the starting quarterback brings to the Saints' offense. That, But, uh, again, that said – what if that becomes a burden? What if it becomes that his, his like, in my opinion, his, his his lack of precision or accuracy as a passer, as a pure as a, as a purely pocket passer? And I talked about running and scrambling for a twenty-five yard run, which he's phenomenal, which he's wonderful at, at doing. I'm talking about this, you know, a game where the, where the pass rush is coming. You know, a, a team, you know, a team like the 49ers or whatever. Think about Taysom Hill facing that 49ers defensive front seven. You know, yeah, he can scramble out of it. He's, he, he's certainly more mobile, and he'll be able to break off a few runs. But if he had to pass, think back to that game, and think back when Breeze made that, that, that crucial throw to Traquan. I mean, I know they wound up losing the game, but that was on the defense. That wasn't on the Saints offense. The Saints offense, for the most part in that game, especially late, they did what they did uh, because Drew Brees is greatness. I just don't feel like if you put if you put Taysom Hill in that same situation that he would have excelled like Brees did. That's the kind of difference I'm talking about. I got you, bro. Yeah, like I said, you know. Anyway, um, and then there's another option. I mean, look, and, and here's the two main options I think they're exploring. And this is just my opinion. Option A. Draft a guy. You can always draft a guy. You know, you, I see a lot of these mock NFL drafts that are out right now. A lot of people think the Saints are going to draft Jordan Love, the kid from Utah State, at number 24. They've been drawing a lot of comparisons to Patrick Mahomes, and, you know, obviously with Patrick Mahomes having done what he did, uh, you know, last week. Now that's a hot that's a hot topic of conversation. So I'm sure, and I, and I covered it in an article for Big Easy Magazine. I, that doesn't mean I think that's what's going to happen. Now, I kind of lean towards your scenario, uh, which brings us back to the original question that you asked, which is, could I see the Saints signing a, a, a current veteran backup uh, along the lines of a Marcus Mariota? For the Tennessee Titans, for example, who's only what twenty six years old, and I think Barry, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. It'd be the same kind of approach they took with Teddy Bridgewater, where this Absolutely. is a guy who, who kind of needs yeah. now. Now Teddy had far more severe injuries; he nearly lost his leg. People forget that, right? Due to the injury that right. he suffered in Minnesota. But Mariota, <clears throat> we know he's he has a reputation of being a good guy in the locker room. He's a smart mm-hmm. player. It just didn't work out in Tennessee. I could right. see them, I could see Sean Payton going, you know what, this guy right here, we can get him on the cheap, we don't have to pay a lot, and he can back up and learn from Drew, and he can learn from me. I could see him looking at someone like Marcus Absolutely. Mariota, where they didn't have a chance to draft him when he came out of Oregon because he was drafted so high. 
Right. And, and look, and think about it, and think about the parallels. I mean, you didn't draw, they didn't draft Drew Brees when they could have drafted him in 2001. They start, you know, because they had Aaron Brooks, you know, and then lo and behold, four years later, uh, you know, uh, the scenario changes. Jim Hazlitt, you know, uh, <laughs> and the Saints uh, fall by the wayside, and then Katrina happens, and then bam, and then Drew hurts. I mean, you know, all these kind of things fall into place for a reason sometimes. It's all about fate or luck or whatever you want to call it. How interesting would it be if Marriott's career just kind of, you know, fizzled out briefly, Tannehill takes over, Tannehill becomes your franchise quarterback in Tennessee, and as you allude to, now you got a 26-year-old former Heisman Trophy winner who, by all accounts, because believe me, it, it wasn't that long ago we just saw this guy win the Heisman Trophy and lead Oregon Ducks, uh, University, you know, Oregon University Ducks football to unparalleled heights in the Pac-12. I mean, uh, you know, if it's not for, you know, if it's not for Cam Newton, you know. <laughs> so I mean, I, I just, I just think it's, I, I, I think it's foolish for so many people to disregard this guy. Is what I'm saying, just like you said. How many people disregarded Bridgewater? And now how many opinions has he changed after going 5-0 and and, you know, and leading the Saints to an undefeated record by Breeze? Nobody thought that. I, yeah, I certainly didn't believe it. I'm sure, I, I, you know, I'm sure you had your doubts. You know, you thought, well, man, you know, they'll be okay. But you never really thought. Oh, Barry, Barry I, thought, I thought the best-case scenario for them would be go 3-2. and two. When Drew was out, have Teddy go three and two, and go. he ended up going yeah. five and zero, oh, and he's going to get paid for it, and, uh, and and a tremendous guy. So I'll be interested to see what the Saints do there. Breeze, we we both agree, Breeze is coming back. They're going to ha- bring Taysom Hill back. I don't think it's a good mm-hmm. idea to have Taysom as your backup quarterback. I think they're either going to bring in a former starter, a free agent on the cheap to be the backup, or or they decide to draft a guy. But let's let's move on from the quarterback position, brother. I got some w- rapid fire questions for you okay you ready all right let's do it let's do it Kamara did not live up to the hype this year Sean Payton even said he could become the third player ever to have a thousand yards receiving a thousand yards rushing in a season that ended up being Christian McCaffrey for the Carolina Panthers Kamara did get to the Pro Bowl he rushed for 800 yards five touchdowns had about 500 yards receiving 81 touched uh 81 receptions all three Mm -hmm. seasons on the rookie deal he's been a three-time Pro Bowler uh, that's going to help with the negotiations. There's been some scuttlebutt that he could possibly hold out entering training camp. It's the last year of his rookie deal. He's the fourth-round pick. What do you think is going to happen there with Alvin Kamara? Do they give him a new deal? Do they re-sign him, or do they trade him? Oh, wow. Ooh, man, that's probably going to be the toughest one you'll ask me in this whole podcast because that can go a number of ways there. I mean, if you're uh, first of all, you got to put yourself in Alvin's shoes. So if I'm Alvin Kamara and I know I, I, I've been the three straight Pro Bowls on my rookie deal, you can better believe that I, uh, in year four I'm looking to get paid already. So, you know, but then again, you know, there's always going to be the criticism. Well, you know, that's your, your original deal, and you should be a stand-up guy, and you know, you did sign up for, you know. So this is the final year you do. You need to honor that. But, but, you know, well, times have changed, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, free agency and, and, and NFL players, superstars, aren't held in the same regard as they were 
you know, uh, people our age, you and I, came up. So <laughs> I could see him holding out. I, and I and I, and I, and I apologize for not remembering who Alvin's current agent is, but uh, I, I, I can see him holding out. I, I, I can see that. I also can see him, play, you know, it's got, now here's the thing to remember about Camaro real quick. I know it's supposed to be rapid fire. It's about how the Saints view him, too. And as you alluded to, this is kind of a down year for him. Uh, yeah, and I know he had the injury and all that, but you know, if you look at it from the Saints' standpoint, they they could argue argue that his best year was his rookie year, and that he's had a slight decline every year since. Now, small picture, we're only talking about three NFL seasons, but then we get into this thing about NFL running backs. And as you and I know, especially uh, as I alluded to our age. Running backs aren't held in the same regard as they once were in the NFL. So, you know, the quarterback, you know, God, they play into their 40s, they, they make all this ungodly money. NFL running backs, they got to get paid when they can because their careers are usually briefer, you know, like, and in some instances 10 years less, a whole decade less than an NFL quarterback or even an, uh, an offensive lineman, let's say. So, uh, or, you know, a kicker, punter, whatever. So you've got to make your money when you can. And I can see Alvin getting advised by his agent or just people around him, people close to him, hey, man, this is your one chance because you don't, you're not guaranteed at the running back position in the NFL a lengthy career. What if you blow out your knee you know, next year? You know? so I, you well, know, Barry, let me ask you this all- then, a quick, quick follow-up then on this point. We know we, we know he's talented. We know that he's going to want to get paid. Is Mickey Loomis, Jeff Ireland, Sean Payton, and the rest of the Saints' brain trust, are they going to be okay paying a running back who they use, let's be honest, a lot like a wide receiver, are they going to be okay giving him a big deal? Maybe not. And, you know, I, I wouldn't I, – I know this will sound insane, but, you know, I always like to bring up these interesting type of scenarios. Look, don't be shocked. You know, if the Saints are, are, are just like they did with Kamara three years ago, don't be shocked if they're sitting on the clock and, and midway through the second round and a kid like J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State is still on the board. He's still, he's still on the board and nobody's taking him. And I know the Saints don't have a second-round pick. But just, a way, you know, those are the type of things I look at. And so by them not, not even uh, – you know, trying to negotiate and let you go to the aid. I like, again, uh, I, I get it that, you know, you, if, if you look at it from Kamara's standpoint, he's got a reason to want the money. I just, I'll, I'll, I always look at the other possibility or the other side of the coin and say, what are the Saints thinking? And, and as you alluded to, you know, he's more of a receiver than a running back. What, what if they just, you know, uh, now, obviously, you, you're going to have the same head coach and the same, pretty much the same style of offense. So, in that regard, I'm not sure that they would, <laughs> that you, that they, uh, you know, other than g- gaining three more years, you know, do, do you, do you get rid of, do you let Alvin Kamara walk and, and, and draft the J.K. Dobbins? You know, I don't know if they go that far, but 
I'm just saying there there's always there's always possibilities. It w- it will and be interesting, Barry, for sure, because I mean they've yeah. proven under Sean you Payton. Got just as, yeah, it just in this day, in this day of age of football and in, in the in the year 2020, things have just changed so much. The teams now have to keep all their options open, and I think with the Saints being an, and and this goes back to your bigger point of of them and their window of opportunity, you know. So we've seen this scenario play itself out now, basically three straight years. 2017, I think, was kind of a surprise. I think maybe people weren't expecting them to be that good, you know, and they got lucky and hit on so many draft picks. And obviously, 2018 with the with the ridiculous call in the, in the NFC Championship game, and then this past, you know, and then a couple of weeks ago. You just, you know, they just didn't show. They just didn't, you know, for whatever reason, they just didn't bring their A game. So this team is still within reach of a Super Bowl. Make no mistake about it. I, will this be the last year is, is the question that needs to be asked. Because if you're the Saints, and this goes probably back to my bigger point about uh, that I was just making with Kamara, are you trying to win the championship just this year? Why you think this is Breeze's last year? Or do you still have an eye on the future and saying, look, even when Breeze is gone, we need to be prepared for the next era. And will that include a Teddy Bridgewater? Would that include a Marcus Mariota? You know, so, or a quarterback, as you mentioned, they could draft even. I mean, there's, there's, there's some decent quarterbacks out there that, that could be lingering around when they get on the clock in round three, even. So, you know, there's so many scenarios. I, I just think uh, to to put it all in a nutshell for you to encapsulate the whole thing, uh, the Saints need to proceed with Carson. Uh, as, uh, you know, especially at quarterback. I think this will, regardless of what happens, I think within these next few weeks and months, we're finally, finally uh, going to get some kind of clarity on the Saints quarterback situation and how that goes will directly impact how you how you look at an Alvin Kamara and what type of offer you you do or you don't make him this offseason. I think a lot of these things go hand in hand, which makes this uh off season in general such a fascinating topic. All right, brother. Now we have to go rapid fire here. Okay. You have right. we have to go Let's rapid fire. All right. Wide receiver is a huge need position. Behind Michael Thomas, there isn't much. Traquan Smith still hasn't developed, and Ted Ginn Jr. is 35 years old, becoming a free agent. Do they go after someone in the draft, or do they sign a veteran like A.J. Green or Amari Cooper during free agency? I think both are possibilities, but I'll keep it short for you. Um, uh, A.J. Green would probably cost you a lot of money, uh, but you could, go, you could go cheaper. You could maybe get a Brashard Perriman from Tampa Bay. Even a Randall Cobb from Dallas, but yeah, assuming he doesn't go back to play for Mike McCarthy. And then in the NFL draft, remember, remember this name. And I haven't even said this to you either on the podcast or on the radio, but remember Henry Ruggs III from Alabama. That's a name I keep hearing associated with the Saints. I hear they, that, they, that they've spoken to him. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't know how accurate that is or not because this time of year you get a lot of you get a lot of misinformation or disinformation. 
but to my understanding, they are very high on rugs. And they, he look, they're picking that what number twenty four overall. There's a guy. There's a guy right there who could be still on the clock when you when you go to pick. So do not dismiss that name. Uh, definitely, definitely uh, in the draft as an option. Besides Breeze, who are the top players that are entering free agency? That they're their own players that the Saints must make a priority. Is it Von Bell, A.J. Klein, Eli Apple? Who is it, You're in your opinion, the top guy that they have to make sure to bring back? Von Bell. I, I think he's an all-pro caliber strong safety. Uh, he, he reminds me so much of Russell Gary. Uh, and only you and, and I and a few other uh, well-known former Saints fans that have become journalists <laughs> uh, remember the name Russell Gary. Uh, Russell Gary was uh, the Saints' second-round pick out of the University of Nebraska in the 1981 draft for those younger Saints fans who don't know. And he was tenacious. He was tough. And kind of reminds me a lot of Von Bell uh, in that manner because he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves, but he's a top-notch, hard-hitting, just a, 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 a overall quality of play. Just a fantastic safety. I think you've got to bring him back. Yeah, you know, because if you don't, then you got, I mean, look, Gardner Johnson had a phenomenal rookie season. But am I putting Gardner Johnson out there as my starter in my second year and letting Ron Bell walk? Heck no, I ain't doing that. So if there's one guy, if there's one guy, obviously more besides Breeze and, you know, well, Kamara's not till next year. But other than Breeze, that absolutely, absolutely must return that you must bring back to me as Von Bell. All right, Barry, I want to ask you about Marcus Williams because I think fans' perception of what he is and what he really is is wildly different. We remember him for the Minnesota, yeah. the Minneapolis miracle where he had the, the, the terrible blown coverage yeah. tackle. But just this past week, Pro Football Focus ranked him as the number 38th best player in the NFL for the 2019 yeah. season. I mean, you look at okay. his stats, he – 50, uh, let me see, I'm looking at his stats right here. He played in all 15 games. He had mm -hmm. 53 tackles, 38 of them solo, had one forced fumble, uh, also had four interceptions. Is And Marcus is going to be a free agent. Is the perception of Marcus Williams wrong? Yes, it is. And no, it isn't. And I'm going to give you my... <laughs> And I know that's not rapid fire, so let me let me go as quickly as possible to tell you why and why not. I think both are accurate. Uh, at the University of Utah, this kid was an All-American caliber player. And think about where the University of Utah is at. We don't hear much about the University of Utah, like they talk about Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State. And yet, Marcus Williams, uh, the year he came out in the draft, was held in that type of regard. I mean, we're talking about Ed Reed type of guy, okay? So he was highly, highly respected and well thought out of. And NFL scouts were drooling over the, the potential of Marcus Williams that the Saints were able to get him with the pick that they did in that draft, which many people probably kind of overlooked because of the Camara and the Lattimore picks. Look, man, that kid is phenomenal. Now we go over to his pro career, and as you alluded to, obviously the misfortunate uh, incident with the Minnesota Miracle, 
then he had some lapses in coverage last season, as I recall, uh, that probably got him criticized. I want to say the Texans game in the opener. I think he actually got beat on a play or two. And so, in that sense, the perception is right because, unfortunately for Marcus, his biggest problem for me personally as a player is that he gives up the big play. But that doesn't make him a bad player. He's a good player, right, Barry? He's a good player. He's just had bad moments. Yes, exactly right. And and, and you, you took the words right out of my mouth. This is just a guy who, quite honestly, and some Saints fans will scoff at the notion because, you know, the history of this franchise in 53 years. But let's just call a spade a spade. Let's call it what it is. Marcus just had some bad luck. And that's all there is to it. You know, hey, man, you know, I, I guarantee you if you gave him the, the chance to study Stephon Diggs in coverage, he doesn't make that mistake a second time. You know what I'm saying? It's, just, it's freak plays. It's freak occurrences. Sometimes those happen, you know. And if you're a Saints fan, and I'm not talking about the younger Saints fans, but if you're an older Saints fan and you're making fun of Marcus Williams, then you have a short memory because <laughs> he, ain't the, he ain't the only guy that's ever happened to. Uh, I know a guy named I know a guy named to me personally. And some fans will disagree. There was a guy named Archie Manning who I felt would have been one hell of a quarterback if he had an offensive line and some all-pro wide receivers to throw to. Unfortunately, he had to run for his life, and he didn't have any weapons outside of maybe Wes Chandler and, and Henry Child for a couple of seasons. You know, so Archie Manning now is regarded as, as a horrendous quarterback. And we're talking about a guy who was in a college football Hall of Fame and easily – Easily would have been a multiple pro bowler and possibly even a world championship quarterback with the right talent around him, but was playing on a franchise that was so inept inept in its first 40 seasons that he had no shot. There was no chance in hell he would win a championship with him under those circumstances. And, you know, uh, you know, hey, now it's 19, you know, it's 2020, you know, it's not 1979 no more. But guys like you and I remember a day when, you know, so uh, to make a long story short, yeah, has Marcus disappointed us? Yeah, he has. And unfortunately, one of the biggest disappointing plays in the history of the franchise. But I, I'm bringing, I look, I'm bringing him back next year. And I'm going to, you know, if, if, you know, when it comes to free agency next year, I'm going to make an offer to Marcus Williams. I'm bringing him back because I think he's one of the best young safeties in football. Did, did he give up, uh, you know, unfortunately, a big play that will scar, might scar his reputation among Saints fans for life? Yeah, unfortunately. But like I said, then there's guys like, again, I'll point Tommy Myers, Archie Manning. There's a bunch of guys that underachieved in the eyes of some who were phenomenal players. They just had a bad reputation for for one or two boneheaded plays or situations that weren't even beyond their control, you know. I got and, you, bro. In his case, hey, man, again, I'm sure if, he had, if you asked Marcus right now, if I had the chance to co- cover Stefan Diggs again, same situation, he, he, he would make that play. He'd bash that ball away, and the Saints won, uh, you know, at the worst, advanced to the NFC Championship game against Philadelphia that year. So, yes, to make a long story short, brother, 
Yes, yes, definitely. He, he, he's worthy of coming back, uh, and I hope they make him an offer next season. Barry, this has been a blast, brother. Appreciate you carving out some time of your day to talk to me, and we'll be in touch soon, man. Keep up the great work down there for Big Easy Magazine. You got it, buddy. Looking forward to it, and uh, I'll talk to you in free agency. That was our boy, Barry Hurstis, joining us here on this edition of the Rap Game Podcast episode, talking all things Saints, big looming questions for free agency for the Hoodats. We'll see what they do. Barry gave his thoughts. Good stuff there. Y'all be safe out there. Be kind to one another. We'll talk to you next time here on the Rap Game Podcast.